1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and the expert on all matters real estate is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Hello, Asif. Hello, Tina. So we're seeing a lot of for sale signs still up, and here we are approaching the end of the year. What do you make of this? It's fall is the new spring. <laughs> I mean, it has been really busy over the last few weeks. And, and, you know, like we talked about before, it was the much anticipated return of the buyers. So sellers are feeling more confident. They're ready to get out there. And, uh, you know, it, it's been it's been a great market. It's been unlike previous falls. Um, but it, but again, previously we didn't have the slowdown that we had in the spring and summer. So Okay, but even the slowdown, we've got to admit that if we're using last year as a barometer, that can't be the barometer, can it? No, and, and that's why this will this will end up as one of our top five years in the history. So still top five. Still top five. So, wow. Uh, you know, and, and the activity that we'll see, the little flurry that we're seeing, no pun intended, the flurry <laughs> that we're seeing uh, for October, November, and, uh, you know, hopefully heading into December will help us with, uh, you know, boosting the numbers for the year because it's been pent up demand. And, you know, we we couldn't explain uh, the slowdown because there were, there was no real catalyst to it. Uh, you know, you had the announcement by the government, you had the interest rates hike, but nothing really uh, explained why people went and sat on a fence. And now they're coming back and they're, and they're jumping off and saying, we want to buy before the government starts their stress test, uh, you know, January 1st, uh, because the rules for the banking are going to change a bit and uh, it may make it harder. So that could be why uh, we're seeing this flurry of activity. And it could just be that people are sick of waiting and they're they're seeing that the sky has not fallen. And you're absolutely suggesting that um, our listeners consult with an expert before that January 1st um, deadline kicks in, right? For sure, I would I would get out there, even if you're thinking of buying in January or buying in February, because it's going to save you money. It's going to save you money. You should be you should be getting pre-approved right about now, anyway. Even if you were going to buy next year, but you know if if it's going to put an extra fifty or sixty thousand uh, dollars of purchasing power, you may as well buy now and and get into the home that you love rather than have to settle after January the first. So, are you seeing there's there's more demand right now. There's more supply. Is it kind of evened out? What are we noticing out there? It's a pretty balanced market compared to what we've seen over the last few years. And and sure, the, the demand has returned. Supply has always been there, but you'll notice you don't see a lot of for sale signs anymore. You're seeing sold signs. Mm. Uh, you know, you're seeing fresh inventory hit the market. You're not seeing for sale by owners anymore. And, and that's a good judge of when there's a balanced market because, you know, in a really hot market, everyone thinks that they could sell their home themselves. And uh, you start to see for sale by owners. Now you're not seeing that. People need, uh, you know, uh, expert representation or professional representation in order to get things moving. Okay, well, when we come back, we'll talk about those for sale by owner properties. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. 
1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059theregion or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Joining us now to talk about those buyers who think they've overpaid and are trying to get out of deals uh, is Shale Rothman. Shale is with Real Estate Lawyers in uh, York Region. Shale, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. How's everyone doing today? Great, thank you. Shale, we've heard a lot of talk about people that are trying to get out of deals and, and thinking that they can just back out. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on you know, what that means to the, the buyers that are trying to opt out of these deals. And they're leaving themselves open to a lot of liability, aren't they? Oh, for sure. Well, you have to remember the starting point for any of these types of conversations is the agreement of purchase and sale. So whatever is, agree- is agreed to between buyer and the seller is what is going to govern the transaction. So any lawyer should be consulted first uh, in order to see what those options are. That lawyer should end up reviewing the agreement of purchase and sale first, and then they should be advising the buyer in terms of what their options would be. Are, are you noticing that this is happening more often now? Uh, you saw a huge increase um, during the summertime in terms of these types of deals. Um, and it could be a numerous uh, reasons, whether it be purchases happening around March, April, uh, closing in the summertime, uh, the appraisals were coming in from the banks and coming in at a lower dollar amount, uh, leaving the buyer short of funds uh, because of uh, multiple offers or whatever it may be. Uh, what you end up finding now is that there has been a correction in the market, at least on my end, being the lower closing the transaction. And uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because the amount of deals that we are dealing with to fix where buyers are having trouble getting financing, et cetera, um, those have dropped dramatically. So if you're in that situation as a buyer, it's really important that you consult with the lawyer because on a case-by-case basis, depending on what the circumstances are, is going to be different advice. So for example, if it's simply that you have the money, uh, but the bank is not giving you an appraisal that's high enough, well, maybe you can speak to a mortgage broker um, or another bank. Maybe they'll give you a better appraisal, um, or maybe you have to get to uh, private financing in order to negotiate a deal. You always want to try to work the deal um, and try to close, if at all possible. Uh, but the fail-safe is, is trying to negotiate a mutual release where you can have some peace of mind um, and basically pay for that peace of mind by walking away where you pay the seller a certain dollar amount. And both parties sign a mutual release saying that you both walk away and the seller can never come back. The issue is, though, is that if you don't have a mutual release, if the buyer sells, relists the property and sells at a much lower dollar amount, they can come after you through the court and you would be liable for all damages and loss incurred. Wow. So there, there's, there's a cost involved and, and it's almost like they're getting bad advice when they do decide that they can just not close and walk away. It's almost like they've received some bad advice maybe on, on their end uh, from a realtor or maybe from uh, a mortgage broker or a lawyer. Uh, because the thinking was, especially back in May, June, July, uh, after, you know, we had the really heated market when people were, uh, you know, paying in multiple offers or were paying more than asking, it was almost like they just thought they could wash their hands and just walk away. But there is a cost involved, you're saying. Oh, 100%. And remember, you signed an agreement of purchase and sale. 
Um, the notion of, oh, well, and this is the, the biggest misconception in the market, is that I put down a deposit and my liability is limited to my deposit and that the seller automatically gets my deposit if I don't close. That is the furthest from the truth. The seller only gets access to a deposit if there's a court order or a mutual lease. Okay? So what that means is, is that if the parties agree to a specific dollar amount, that money can be released to the seller. However, if you end up having money sitting in, for example, your Remax account, um, it stays in trust until the broker of record receives some type of mutual lease or court order that that money can be released. So as a seller, they're not going to be inclined to just let you walk away when they've lost a hundred grand and you have a $20,000 deposit. They're not going to take an $80,000 hit. So in that particular scenario, the lawyer should be advising them, relist the property and seek damages from the buyer. So a lot of these buyers are saying, okay, well, I can walk away with my loss of the 20000 when in fact that's not true reality. So that's why you try to work the deal and you look at it on a case-by-case basis and say, okay, well, what are the balances here? If I close the deal, what would be my loss in terms of market value versus maybe doing a mutual lease versus them coming after me and suing me, right? So there is no one-size-fits-all. It is a case-by-case basis and they really should be consulting their lawyer. Um, as well as that lawyer consulting with the real estate agent to figure out what the fair market value of that property is today. And and also important to note when you said that the seller could relist the property, it's very important for them to relist the property at what they've sold initially for because if they relist and adjust to market conditions and, and maybe relist for 100000 less, then they're leaving themselves open to for the buyer to say, look, you relisted it less, so I'm not liable for that. Oh, 100%. So the, the reality check is, is if you sold the property for $750,000 and they breached the contract, even though the fair market value today may be seven hundred, you can't just list at 700000 because when you go to sue them for the 50000 the judge will say, well, you didn't even attempt to get seven fifty. So you need to list it for what it was sold for, even if it's up there for a short period of time. And when no offers are coming in and there's no showings, then at that point in time, real estate agent can do another market analysis send an email in writing, everything should be in writing, saying they're recommending that we drop the price. And then at that point in time, you, you lower your price in order to mitigate your damages. In, in the end, Shale, I think it's very important for both buyer and seller to get legal advice on this rather than try and uh, you know, rely on a realtor or a mortgage broker. Uh, because in the end, it is a legal issue. They've signed a contract. 100%. So buy, my best advice for buyers is don't be researching things on Google. Um, while you can consult with uh, your real estate agent or friends and family, at the end of the day, um, I know it's a biased opinion, but there, nothing replaces a solid real estate lawyer who knows the industry um, because they're the ones who should be negotiating. You should never be doing an amendment behind the scenes with your real estate agent. The real estate agent in conjunction with the lawyer should be understanding what is happening, but everything should go through the real estate lawyer. Remember, there. The problem is, is that it's what you don't know that gets you in trouble. Um, additional costs, legals, all these other things, if it's negotiated properly, um, it's the best of two evils, right? So while you may still be losing money in the big scheme of things, you might be ahead of the game if it's just done properly. So it's really important that you get the proper advice. Um, and that's what your real estate lawyer is there for. That's what you're paying them to do. And once again, Shell, you're saying the biggest misconception is that, gee, I could just walk away from this deal and lose my deposit. You're suggesting that you could lose a lot more than that, right? 
Oh, 100%. And at the end of the day, with uh, when market turns such as it did um, six months ago or so, you don't want to take that gamble, right? So it's the same thing as going to Vegas. You roll the dice and you can tell me, as like I, I saw deals where it was $250,000 worth of value just gone overnight. Um, you, you just can't predict where things are going to go. So if you can control the conversation, you don't. You never want to be in a situation where you're leaving things up to fate um, to a third party. Remember, if they're mitigating their damages, they don't care what they sell it for. They're just going to get rid of it and sue you for the difference. Where if you can control the conversation, uh, negotiate more time, negotiate the price again. I've seen deals where sellers just want to get it done and they were willing to lower the price a little bit um, just to make sure the deal got done. Um, now, the norm was is the buyers would ask for an extension or a period of time in order to arrange additional financing to close the deal, and the deals were able to successfully close. Otherwise, you're looking for a mutual lease so that you can mitigate your own damage as a buyer and understand what your true loss would be. Um, you never want to be in a situation where you're, you're up at night every single day for a couple of years just going, when is this lawsuit coming and how much is it going to be for Good advice. Thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Shale, and thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. All the best to you guys. Take thank care. you, Shale. When we come back, what to do if you think you overpaid for your new home? That story is coming up. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market. Stay with us. You're listening to 1059 The Region. 1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us now to talk about private sales and, and why the for sale by owner phenomenon has seemed to have died down is Rich Groff with Rich Groff Performance Development. Rich, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Asif and Tina. Rich, over the last little while, we've seen uh, you know we've seen a lot of properties come up for sale, but what seems to be missing from the landscape is for sale by owner signs. And you know maybe you can help us determine why that's happened. Well, it's a very interesting phenomenon that's happened in the industry. When the market was extremely hot, for sale by owners were starting to pop up, and then as it gets a lot more competitive people start to understand that um, it's a lot more difficult to navigate through all the the offers that you're about to receive and all the people going through your home when the market's in a frenzy. Now we're in a place where the market's shifted again, and that uh, shift has actually caused um, what we call private sellers to become more leery about what they're doing because they're not really sure about what the market's in for right now. So they're a little bit more reluctant, and they're uh, calling on professionals to help them out. Yeah, with with the for sale by owners, are you, are you noticing? I mean, I know you have clients throughout the country, but specifically mm-hmm. for York region, we have seen uh, for sale by owner signs pop up. There's a whole bunch of different companies that were, uh, you know, helping people sell their properties uh, as for sale by owners, but we've seen a lot of them disappear now. Mm-hmm. 
with, with the market and how tough it has become to sell a property and with the competition out there, do you think that's the main driving force? Uh, I mean, what was the reason for, what's the main reason for people going for sale by owner in the first place? And, and now why do you see that shift? Hmm. Great question. Well, I think the average person on the street says to themselves, you know, it's going to cost me an awful lot for fees when I list my home. And they simply do math and they see that it's very expensive in their eyesight. So what they think to themselves is how hard can it be? Um, the industry itself, the real estate industry has made, I think, an error in making it sound and making it look easy to sell a home. But as we all know, um, being in sales myself uh, in the real estate industry and, of course, yourself, you understand that it's not as easy as it sounds. And so what happens is, is that the clients, um, you know, the for sale by owner individuals, they think it's easy, so they put their sign up. And then typically what ends up happening, of course, is they're not going to get the money that they would like to get out of their home. And it's not as easy as it is, uh, because unless you've got a sales background and a marketing background, you know, getting the highest dollar for your home is really a, a supply and demand issue. <clears throat> and if you can increase the demand, your price doesn't really go up and you can't get the data that you need with, uh, like a realtor can. So that's the problem that people are running into. And I think the main reason it's changed is because um, right now, with all the uncertainty and all the change in the way that things have happened over the last year, um, the average person that would you know, tempt that uh, before is probably thinking to themselves, I don't know if I am confident or feeling confident really going forward and taking all the risk and going through all the hassle and trying to navigate all the legal aspects as well. And then I'm really going to be wondering how much I'm not getting for my property when I go to sell it. I think that's what's happening. Also, I think what you see, I mean, from a banking perspective for financing and also from a potential buyer's perspective, they're looking at prices that neighbors sold for using a professional and backing right. out any fees or charges there may be. So the buyer wants to take advantage of that savings when when a for sale by owner prices it high. And at the same time, the for sale by owner is thinking, well, I want to capitalize on this money because that's the money that I want to save and, and put into my pocket. So it's almost like a tug of war. And then the bank's looking at this and saying, mm-hmm. well, this is a for sale by owner. So it's overpriced by, you know, 5%, 6% or, or wherever it ends up. And, and you get that, that, it's almost like a battle within the sale. Absolutely. And it usually happens after something's on paper and everything kind of blows up. It's not uncommon for a for sale by owner to actually get something in paper without a deposit and have a hard time collecting the fees and getting it going and the lawyer not being able to pull it all together because the banks are, are saying, no, that's too much. But, you know, just by nature, typically what happens is the, uh, you know, the for sale by owner individual is actually going to attract a lot of different buyers, but the buyers that are coming out in strong force are those that are looking for the bargain. They're hoping that they can get something substantially underneath market value, pull something away and, and not pay the fees at all. And so there's this tug of war that's going on, as you alluded to, between banks and the bargain hunter and the you know good honest uh, homeowner that's trying to get the maximum amount of their property, but it's an art form, and that's why you know the real estate industry was developed, and and that's why it does such a great job for so many people. Rich, can you share with us some horror stories that you've heard about in terms of uh, those sale by owners? Mm. Well. You know, uh, I've got two that are uh, personal to me when I was in selling, uh, in sales. And so the first one was a, a family that wanted to get into an area. Um, I was representing them as the buyer. And um, we couldn't get into the area because it was, you know, things were just extremely hot and not able to get, uh, you know, any kind of lead. So I went door to door 
found a home that was actually previously listed as a for sale by owner. And um, what happened was the fellow was asking way less than market value. And so my client actually paid him his asking price and everybody win. But this is an example, even in a hot market, how the individual had tried to list it on his own, but had not really made it work. So that was my, my first one. The, the second one was somebody I actually knew that phoned me up and said, Rich, I'm thinking of putting an offer on this property. Uh, what do you recommend? And I said, well, every property in that area and that size and that you know, number of bedrooms is substantially less than the uh, the price that you're looking at it was a 20% difference. And what had happened is they got into the home and fell in love with the home. And of course the price went up. And so there wasn't anybody representing them. So it was smart that they actually phoned me and made that call because otherwise they would have bought into an area, bought a house that would have been 20% over market value because they did have a substantial um, down payment. The bank probably would have still given them a loan, but it would have been never, they would have never been able to sell the property. So that would have been the problem for them in the future. We have one as well, Rich, where uh, there was a home in Markham, which was a, a drug lab, and realtors were approached to list this uh, after the tenant was kicked out, and we couldn't list it without having the disclosure that this property was operated as a drug lab. So the owner was very irritated, didn't want people to know that, and went ahead and listed on his own because as a realtor, we're governed by the, the, the bodies that oversee us to say we have to disclose whereas the owner didn't disclose. So, you know, you need to be careful as to what's happened in the home or what's happening in the home uh, when you do see a for sale by owner because at least with a realtor, you know that uh, our ethics and our, you know, the, our laws that govern us, we have to disclose any uh, facts like that. And can you share mm-hmm. the end of that story with us, Asif? What happened there? So the uh, the home could not sell. Uh, it was rented out again, and at this point, it was turned into a marijuana grow up. And uh, eventually, the city of Markham went in and tore this home down. Oh, they took the property uh, and and tore the home down. So it was rebuilt and and it sold again and uh, or sold for the first time after it was rebuilt. Uh, so you know any stigma or anything has been removed from that, but it would have been a tough sell uh, prior to that. So, Rich, are you seeing? Um Fewer for sale by owner properties out there, and is that just reflective of the market, or just um, because people are realizing that it does take a lot more than, or it isn't as easy as it looks, as you say? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the reason that we're seeing a lot, you know, down. I mean, people are standing there in their home and they're going, "Well, you know, you know, there's usually one person that goes, hey, this is going to be easy.' And if there's two people involved in the sale, i.e., a couple or something, um, what ends up happening is the other individual goes, "Wow, well, I don't know if I want to go through all this." And then when you start to really think about how do I go about getting pricing, how do I advertise, and what happens when people come to the door and all the people rummaging through your house and mm-hmm. you know, kind of tracking through things and all the broken promises, and if you don't have a sales background. It is extremely difficult to navigate this. This is not easy. Um, realtors take a lot of training just for the basic thing about how to show a home um, to, to make it work. I mean, I, I train people all day long, and, and I tell people, you know, doing an open house is, is really a lot more complicated than it seems. So if you have no success at an open house, well, that's because you haven't taken the training for it. And, and so the average homeowner will not do an effective job. So when they start to realize the amount of agony that that's going to create them and the discomfort and all the inconvenience um, and all the potential risk, I think what happens is people say, you know what, I don't want to work with this. Now, even myself as a, a you know former realtor, 
I know I get emotionally attached to my home, so I actually hire somebody else to do the job. It's not uncommon for realtors to actually have another realtor sell their home for them because it's much better to have a third party's perspective on what's going on than to actually do it yourself. It's very, very difficult. And Rich, you alluded to people rummaging through your home. I mean, it, the security aspect is huge. I mean, I would never open my home up to total strangers. Uh, when you have a real estate company screening who's coming in, I mean, these realtors have to be part of another brokerage. They get the call there. Uh, but as a for sale by owner, you're letting anyone and everyone into your home. There's there's no screening aspect of it. And you're leaving yourself open because with the internet today and the marketing that's done, your home is mm-hmm. visible everywhere, so you're almost inviting people in to, to, you know, take steal advantage from you. of you. Yeah. Well, I, unfortunately, I do have bad stories about that that I don't want to repeat on air. But um, I've actually coached people that have gone through different things, and everything from you know somebody that's come in, and, and while one person's keeping the realtor busy, the other one is you know they're you know doing some other things. So it can happen to a, a homeowner that's unaware very very quickly. Right. Just happens over, you know, like in a split second before you know what things happen. And if you're not aware of what the tactics and techniques are, you have professional criminals coming by or, you know, somebody that's just not, you know, really um, up uh, forthwith and, and you're going to get into a problem before you even know it. Absolutely. Lots of great information there, Rich. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Asif, we only have a few minutes left to take questions from our listeners. Let's start with this one from Mike in Toronto. He's thinking about selling his home in uh, Toronto in uh, the old North York, and he's wondering about where to buy in York Region. He's older, he wants to be close to all amenities, and he's assuming that the cost of a home would be a lot less in York Region. What do you have to say? Mike, that's a great question. And, and you know, we have a lot of people from the city of Toronto moving up to the region. And, and and the reason is, one, you get a lot more for your home in Toronto now that you're selling it, and, and you almost have a retirement type of lifestyle in, in some areas. Like Keswick, if you're on the lake, you're going to get a nice little home right by the water. Uh, you know, Keswick's been booming with the 404 going up there, so you have all the amenities right around you. And there's only one land transfer tax in York Region, and that's been a huge draw over the last few years and will continue to be. So that would be a great area for you to consider. Uh, you know, with the 404 going up there, it's easy access to the city, and, and you can get down there within 30, 35 minutes. Because I think that's what people are looking for, right? I want to be able to get to the city if I have to. I need to be close to uh, shopping and uh, hospitals, healthcare facilities. Is there an area right now that it just has all of those elements for our listeners and and somewhere that maybe we should be looking at you know what there's a, there's a, even with Vaughn with the new hospital coming up there's some great opportunities there uh, Stoville you know close to Markham Stoville Hospital uh, there's some great opportunities there there's uh, there's little pockets in every town in York region uh, you know Richmond Hill uh, you know even Keswick Newmarket Aurora uh, there's there's places that you can Go and and all the amenities will be you know within a two minute walk or five minute walk or ten minute drive depending on where you want to be. So great opportunities all through the region. Asif, thank you very much, and we'll catch up again next week. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. 
You can connect with us on Twitter at 1059 The Region, or you can call us at 416 335 1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. This is 1059 The Region.